Let's go on yeah, a trip. Let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad. What was the question again? <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life. That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, check your blood pressure, light your spliff, pour yourself a small bevy, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Never underestimate a middle-aged woman, just ask Shane Gould. In 1972, at the age of 15, she won three gold medals and a bronze and silver for Australia at the Munich Olympics. A few decades later, at the age of 63, she won Australian Survivor, becoming the oldest person ever to win the series. And since then, she's become Dr Shane Gould and still ocean swims every day, competing occasionally as well. Shane joins us from a home in beautiful downtown Tasmania. Shane Gould, welcome. Oh, thank you. That's a lovely introduction. Lovely to have you with us on Suddenly Senior, Shane. You've already been for a swim today, is that right? Yes, that, that's right. Yeah, the, Sometimes in the winter, the, the cold water you know, it gets down to 11 degrees, it frightens me out of the water, but if you keep swimming, mm. you know, you can tolerate it. It's a bit like a, the, the reverse of a frog in um, hot, you know, boiling water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then your body warms up. But seriously, so you swim pretty much every day, is that the case? Yeah, yeah, look, the, the favourite thing I like to do is body surfing, you know, just to capture the energy of the waves and it's, it's, it's so, oh, energizing and so playful and fun you know you just come away feeling like just a big grin from ear to ear so <laughs> tell, tell me you're wearing a wetsuit yeah yeah I am I am at the moment okay. yeah there are some some of my swimming buddies you know they're in their 60s and 70s and they sometimes swim without the wetsuit but you know it's it's just you know 10 to 15 minutes and but you're acclimatized you know and and there's been a lot about cold water swimming and the, the benefits of that. Yeah. And a lot of people yes. are embracing that and, and feeling the benefits of it, you know, good circulation and nice enlivening right. feeling. But, you, you know, <laughs> it's not something you just, you know, all of a sudden one day wake up and think, oh, I'll get in the water and it's 11 degrees. You have to get ready for it. No. I once um, dived off the back of a boat in, in Antarctica, <gasps> you know, where there was yeah. ice forming on the water. Wow. And, um it was. I was only in there for a very short while, but then when you come out, you just feel alive, as if you've been mm. plugged into an electric socket, and everything comes alive. Yeah, I'm sure it's all that all that fascia and that in your lymph, your lymph glands, you sort of pump energetically through through your body, and yeah, everything comes comes to skin, and you know, yeah, there's a, just a heightened awareness. I think that affects your parasympathetic nervous nervous system, and you know, they're, they're all your survival instincts and yeah so that's why that that feeling of aliveness occurs I think. I I liked your reference to how you feel a bit playful after you've been in the water like that and and do you pursue looking for things that are going to put your head into a different space not not being somebody who's serious and you know uh, the weight of years and all that sort of stuff but actually try to have a little bit of playfulness? Yeah and no having been an athlete and being expressing myself physically, I, I need to keep doing that. So anyone who's been an athlete, you know, they might have played sport when they're younger, they're going to feel better if they move, you know, whether it was walking or playing tennis or badminton or swimming. I'm in that category of people who need to use their bodies to, to feel good about myself. 
on, mm. on land. You know, gravity, you know, our, our spines are compressed and we're, we're just heavy and, and, you know, just much more cautious about our joints and things. And But when you're in the water, you can be a lot more free in, in your movement. And so you can bend your spine and you can bend your hips and knees and get carried through the water. It's not, not as hard to move in the water as it is on, on land. So, so that, that allows more playfulness, you know. So, so things like, like you, you get tumbled upside down and rolled and, and you know, you, you, you lose your breath and then you come up and cough and then you here comes a wave, and oh, go, 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 you know, a little bit competitive and try to extend yourself and you think, wow. No, I, I can still do this, you know. So it's it's really encouraging as well. Yeah. Shane, you weren't just an athlete. You were an elite athlete. It must have been a very mm. intense time of your life. Is there anything about that time that you miss? Look, I think I've been able to organise my life to create challenges. I think that's a thing that, that keeps, keeps me having a, a, a youthful sort of outlook because young, young people, that's what young people do, they're looking to the future and they're looking to better themselves or to, to have experiences. So I think it, as, from being an elite athlete, you know, you, I, I did plan for the next competition. I did plan for the next season. You know, I, I set time goals or event goals, you know, and sometimes, okay, I, I want to break my world record or I want to be, be the best in Australia in that, that event, you know, so, so that might be the goal I set myself. So I think as, as I've gone through life, I've taken that, that ability to set goals and then I know the process. See, so I think that's what I learned is the process of being able to work towards a you know complete you note know, to beginning a project. In fact, I think I'm quite a project driven person, and, and my elite swimming time was was like a project. Mm. And then I lived in Western Australia and married young, and and we built a little timber cottage out of uh, recycled materials and hard jarrah, and used um, you know used hand tools, you know drilling. Wow, and, it sounds like homesteading. Yeah, it was a lot like that, you know, the, the back to the land movement in the 1970s I joined. So so through, all throughout my life I've always wanted to learn something new, you know, and so I learned how to ride horses and train horses and I learned how to surf, surf waves on all different sorts of boards. And so, so when I did Survivor, you know, I was still reasonably fit. You know, I did that in 2018, so four years ago. And I could, um, I was quite strategic too because I'd learnt the process. <laughs> and so do you think people underestimated you because of your age? I definitely, you know, what, what some good friends of mine said to me, you know, it's actually Sue, Sue Maslin, the um, film producer. She, mm. she produced um, The Dressmaker oh. and a number of documentaries and she comes to Bishano quite regularly and we, we might be going to do a documentary together. But Sue, when I said to her, I don't know how come I got through and she said, look, Shane, women like us, you know, in our age group are often invisible. It, it's just a, a thing in society. You know, it's, it's not just women, but women particularly. You know, once you get to a certain age, you, you become invisible. And it's to, to the detriment of the whole of society. So I did get through Survivor because people, the, the, the players, didn't even bother ask me what I'd done in my life that, you know, if, if they were going to be really competitive there, they would have asked me, what what have I done? Yeah, they would have done their research. And then I would have said, well, well, you know, I'm an animal trainer so I can read body language. Oh, is that right? You know, so I, I train, can train an animal, I can 
I can train horses, I can train a dog, and I can work and sheep Does and that give you an insight into humans as well then, Shane? Yes, yes, because you can read body, no, you, you read body language. But, but the other, other thing is that they said, oh, you, you played an individual sport. You know, you're a swimmer. And I think, well, actually that was a small part of my life. But when you're training, you're very aware of all the people that you're training with. You know, you might have 12 people in the lane or, you know, 10 in the lane and a few more on the other side of you. So you're very aware of people in, in, the, the, in, their spa, in your space. Then I lived in a family of six and I had four children, so I raised a family of six and we often had people staying with us. So most of my life I've been <laughs> in close proximity to a lot of people and it's nothing to do with being an individual you no, know, play, playing an individual sport. It's it's where you bring your whole life experiences when, when it compacted in, into um in, into Survivor. Yeah. yeah. You know, you bring your whole life experiences, not just okay, I'm just an individual swimmer. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of the players didn't even bother ask me. You know, what skills are you bringing to this game that they need to be aware of? Because they didn't bother ask, they they, they disregarded me, but they also didn't even know what I knew. And what what I what skills I had to beat them with, <laughs> tough. <laughs> and so, uh, in your younger years, you must have been very competitive. Has that competitive streak waned at all as you've aged? Well, of course, you know, it depends on on the situation. You know, so so sometimes you need competitiveness, but there's a big competitiveness is there's a big dimension to that. So so in order to be competitive, you know, you need to know how to be competitive. So you need to make sure that you've got the skills to meet the competition. So I think I've retained that, that ability. So I keep learning. You know, I've, in the last 10 years, I've done two master's degrees. In what, by the way? In what subject? Um, it, was, it had some swimming subjects. So I did two master's degrees and then a PhD. Wow. So I did the PhD in the culture of swimming in Australia. Oh, how interesting. Yes. And so I'm a cultural scholar. So the, one of the other master's degrees was uh, contemporary art and I was looking at swimming images in contemporary art. Wow. So I was working with my, my husband in Sweden and Fiji and then he was working with elite athletes and he teaches things in a different way, teaches swimming and coaches swimming in a different way that requires a lot of sensation and he was an artist and so he encouraged me to use my camera to film and photograph the swimmers that he was working with and from that and then, then being interested in culture culture is the way people do things you know language um clothing you know the, the music that people watch the food you eat you know the the, the how you spend your time and I, I just just was very interested in in how is swimming mm. depicted in in art and how what sort of messages do we receive you know what is the meaning of swimming mm. in australia What's the meaning of swimming in Fiji? You've got a life masters, really, in swimming when you think about it, Shane. I mean, also you've got the medals to prove yeah, it. Yeah. But the other thing I find interesting is yeah. you grew up in Fiji and now you're living on the east coast of Tasmania, you know, at a seaside resort. I've been to Bishano. It's it's cold water, but it's still considered a resort there. Um, have you gone full circle? Not really. Not, not really. I think... You know, I, I always think of time 
it's not a not a complete circle. It's sort of like like a spiral yeah. forward in in into the future. Um, yeah, I was talking to to some women in Geraldton. They were they were trying to deal with drought, and they were farmers. And we talked about recycling your because um, they were farmers and gardeners. You know, they understood re- the idea of recycling and composting. So you use your previous experiences, you compost them, and then use them. You know that you, you <laughs> so they're, they're transferable life skills and experiences, and that enriches you to go on to do other things. So it's not really a full circle um, in my, my life, but certainly I've um, I've come back to examine swimming in a different way. And, and to re- have a different experience of swimming. So by swimming in the ocean and body surfing, mm. it's a different way of experiencing swimming. Yeah. But it is still swimming. <laughs> and so, Shane, a lot of uh, older people regret retiring too early. Many of the guests we have on Suddenly Senior say they have no plans to retire at all. But you retired from competitive sport at the peak of your career. Do you have any regrets about that, about not keeping going with with your swimming career? No. No, look, it's a pretty complicated story that in, in the 1970s there was no professionalism. So it was hard to maintain training and competition. It was expensive. I had three other sisters and um, I'd achieved a lot. And being a project-driven person, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted more challenge, mm-hmm. okay? So if someone had said, okay, let's, try, let's work on 100 and 200 butterfly and 400 IM, let's see how, how you can go on that, maybe I would have stayed in it. But I was ready for, for other things. I discovered philosophy. I discovered environmental politics, I was very independent, so I left home you know, when I was 17. So I was ready just for more adventures in life. So I don't ever see, you know, ha- have any regrets. But, but if, you, if you compare it with, with athletes now that they can um, uh, stay in the sport for a lot longer because there's financial support mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and more competitions. Yeah. So, so that's kind of a, a brief answer. But, but as far as retiring, you know, people retiring, I think that, that it's a real shame that that when when older people do retire from their their main job, that they they take so much experience, and I think it's it, it's a tragedy, mm. you know. If, Wasted. If so so much um, mm. social and, and, and experiential capital. Yeah. That the young younger people who are taking on the jobs that older people are leaving, they need to refer to the older people and bring them in and say, look, in your experience, you know what. What did you do in this situation? And you need to be coached, you know. For older people, they need to be coached and trained to be able to give feedback, that that sort of feedback. Mm-hmm. I can understand why a lot of people don't want to retire as such because you, you need mm. need to still be doing things that are meaningful. Yes. And you need to be valued. Yes. I, I think it need, needs to be a big change because we're all living older and longer. So I think that those so-called retirement years need to be uh, valued more by other people and not just the people in that age group. Yeah. Do you ever feel old physically, Shane? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I can't leap onto a horse. Uh, <laughs> last year Neither my, can I. my husband and I, we, we bought a horse and he's very good and uh, for a long time I didn't ride her very much. 
So because I was worried about falling off and my hips and, you know, hip joints and knees were a bit stiff. But over over the year, I've gradually got I can can ride ride a bit more. So so I do feel <laughs> like I don't, I'm not going to bounce. <laughs> easy. Yeah, uh, my, my reactions are a bit slower, but I am risk averse. So I I make sure I prepare my horse really well, and you know if if I don't feel in the right frame of mind, you know I won't won't do it, and and I won't catch big waves anymore, you know, and you know my body isn't as reliable as it used to be but the more i use it the more i can use it the better it goes yes yeah. and shane you you talked about projects and and I, you're obviously project driven mm-hmm. and and i know a number of people who are like that they've got to have a project otherwise they, they're really not happening um what are the some of the projects you're looking forward to now uh, building a house wow fantastic yeah so um with my survivor money um I actually bought some land and developed that. I'm so proud of you for having won that, just by the way. I'm so proud of you. Well, Well, I was just going to build out a little cottage, you know, like my little dream cottage. But I thought, no, I want to, you know, try and double my money. And so I took the risk and, you know, had to learn a lot of patience and um, planning regulations and working with neighbours and, you know, to, to make sure they were happy with what, what we were planning for the land. Yeah, so so I built a house in 2020 with a, you know, I was one of the, my husband and I were the labourers for a builder and it's just a little cottage. Uh, we call it Wildflower Sands. Yeah, if people want to, want to look at it on Airbnb. And then we're just waiting for uh, some approvals to, to build our little dream cottage. So that's going to be a big thing probably next wow. year. We'll, we'll do that. Good thing for the relationship too, if you can build a house and still keep a relationship <laughs> together. Well, sometimes when my husband's not here, I'll get a handyman in to, to do the gutters or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it, there's yeah. no arguments. <laughs> but, exactly. um, we, we work pretty well together. Look, another, pr- another project is that I'm – Working with my horse, um, Suki, she's a whaler. It's, it's a unique Australian breed, W-A-L-E-R, mm. and the two horses we have are an Australian whalers. But my little horse is quite, she's very calm and accepting of things banging on her legs and flapping on her. And I'm training her at the moment to pull a log and a sled. I just made a sled last week. I haven't wow. tested it fully yet, but I've got to get the draft right. But you see, when I was in the 1990s, my ex-husband and I were very interested in, in the old-timer skills with horses and, and living. And I learned how to plough with a pair of horses, a pair of Clydesdale horses and a single furrow plough. And I was actually the WA state champion. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> Different sort of straight lines, you know. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, so you had to, to plough sixty yards long and ten yards wide, and you had two hours to do it in, and you're, you know judged on on the, the quality of your horsemanship and you know the straightness of your furrow and the evenness of your your work. So it's actually extreme horsemanship to do harness work, so I'm taking it very, very steadily, you know, making sure my horse is very, very responsive to, you know, stop and go, you know, so whoa, you know, for the stop and and take it up, Suki, take it up, you know, to go and then to go left, you, you say, come here, come here, you know, or come right here if you want the sharp turn and then to go right, you go, gee off, 
Gee, right off. You know. so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm maintaining some of the old horsemanship skills, but but doing it very. So, so so they're they're two pretty big projects. But I've also got you know this this documentary thing um, with Sue Maslin to. Um, and is that about you? Is that about you and your life? It's, it's going to be based on my um, thesis. You know, swimming. We, we tentatively called it mm. swimming outside the flags. So examining oh, the wow. culture of swimming in Australia, and we're going to film a lot of it in Tasmania. So yeah, so there are three big projects, and also I'm I'm, I'm working on writing my memoirs. Oh wow, I can't wait for those. I really like writing. Like I've written my autobiography, and that was um, tumble turn, was it? Tumble turns. That's yeah. right. Like the twists and turns and changes of direction in life. In 1997 or 98, that was published. So I've had so many fantastic experiences like going to Iran and China and, you know, spending two days to get to a remote island off Fiji to spend five minutes with 40 school teachers to teach them how to teach people to prevent drowning. Wow. You know, so wow. I've got lots, lots of stories to tell. And a memoir, from what I understand, is uh, what have I learnt from what I've done, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so it's that. things like, what is a strong woman? You know, what do you do with rage and discontent? <laughs> Tell some stories. Yeah. So Shane, it's fifty years since your record-breaking yeah. uh, Olympic success. Do you recognise that young girl who took to the podium all those years ago in Munich? Does it feel like you? Yeah. Look, I think I think going on Survivor was a really good thing for me. I was on the program for 50 days, you know, camping on the beach in Fiji and having to use a lot of my life skills. And there's time to reflect and think and then, then of course, doing all the media and meeting people afterwards. And it was a really a real affirmation that, yes, all those talents and skills and accolades that I had when I was young mm. were for real. You know, that that is me. I am that person. So... It was a real um, confidence booster uh, because I think like a lot of people, you have that um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know, that, that time when, we, when you can reflect and, and say, yes, I did do that and that was important, that was meaningful, it, it helped people or it was very significant, you know, in different ways. So we need, need to keep affirming things like that to ourselves. Listen, Shane, you are such an inspiration. And I've got to say, as a schoolboy of 12 or 14, when you were winning all your Olympic gold medals, you were inspiring Australia then, and you still are. It's such a pleasure being able to have a chat with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. thanks so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. All the best to you, Shane. Bye-bye. Please like and also subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment, as long as it's nice. <laughs> if it's not, that's right. Fuck off. Yes. See you next time, Ange. Bye. And I want wine with my meds. <laughs> <laughs>